I'm reading uh, this evening from Luke's Gospel, chapter 5 and verse 18. Sorry, Luke 5, verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he, Jesus, was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which had come out of every town of Galilee and of Judea and of Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. Well, dear friends, we are looking uh, this evening at the reality of uh, forgiveness. The reality of forgiveness. Well, if I started off by saying that I want to tell you a story, I think uh, everyone would be very excited to hear a story. Every one of us, whether we're young or we're old, we enjoy a good story. And uh, often uh, people's heads go up uh, during a sermon when a story comes along. We're used to stories. From very young, uh, we've been told stories. Our parents told us stories. We can remember some of the things, uh, the stories that used to tell us. Sometimes they used to read to us uh, from books. Sometimes our fathers used their imagination and came up with an imaginative story uh, to tell us. And we didn't mind. They repeated the story again and again, night after night. We loved it. We hungered for more. And that sort of fictional feed kept on in our lives as we grew older. Fictional books, uh, fictional TV programs. Oh, we loved it. We enjoyed it. It took us sort of out of uh, the world of reality and into a different world. Fictional novels as we grew older. Movies, yes, sci-fi movies and so on. Well, we reveled in a lot of these things. It's a sort of escapism, isn't it? to take us out from our everyday, mundane kind of lives and our own imaginations rove back and forwards. And some people, friends, when they come to the Bible, they think the Bible also is just pure fiction. Pure fiction. Because when they hear the message of the Bible and they hear the things which are promised to them that believe, they find it very hard to accept it. And they find it very hard to believe it. No. Well, you, you're talking about forgiveness of my sins, a clear conscience, a clear conscience with God. You mean I only have to look to this man who died on the cross? And you're saying by looking to him who died, I can obtain forgiveness for all my sins? I can obtain peace with God? I've been searching for peace everywhere in life. I haven't found it, and you're telling me that I can find it just by looking at the cross where this person died? No, it can't be true. It can't be real. I can't believe it. It's pure fiction. I can have a personal relationship with God, the Bible says. Me? Oh, me? Insignificant me? I'm one of millions, billions of people that are in the world. How can God take note? notice of me? How can he look upon me? How can he hear my voice and my prayers? Go at last to heaven if you believe in him. No, this is all fiction, a, a fairy tale. This is not true, real life uh, living. It's all pie in the sky. It's all made up, isn't it? And so many people, sadly, they sneer 
and they laugh at, the, at these things which are true, these things which are realities, these things which are available to us, and so they never enjoy it, never appreciate it, they, never, they will never be able to uh, 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 experience these things in their lives. How can these things be? And so they are kept from these things. Well, you know about Marx, and you know about Marxism, isn't it? Marx called uh, religion the opium of the people. The opium of the people. Oh, these poor people, they're so poor, and so they need something to lean on. They need this crutch. They need this comfort. Oh, the thought of heaven, that will be the comfort for them. Their life now is miserable and poor, but that w the thought of going to heaven, that will, that will uh, be uh, their, 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 their source of strength. It's all a dream to him. It's all a dream. It's just a kind of opium to keep them from real life. And he said it's like a hole that needs to be broken. And these people need to rise up and to deal with problems. The Bible's just a fictional book. Put it away. Well, friends, today I want to talk about divine forgiveness and the reality of it just in a brief way. It really is possible, the Bible says, for a person to know forgiveness with God, from God, to be at peace with Him. Here is a man who had obtained it. Here is a man who experienced it that we read of in this passage. He was not the first person to obtain it. He, won't be, he wouldn't be the last person either. And uh, it's an example to us and a, a lesson for us also that we too uh, may obtain it from Christ. This is what Christ offers us. This is what Christ offers you, forgiveness. The question is, do you believe it? Will you receive it uh, from Him? So we'll talk about three things tonight. Forgiveness as our primary need, the reality of forgiveness, and then briefly, how to obtain it. So Jesus here was teaching at a, in a house in Capernaum, and the house is full. It's quite early days in his ministry, but already the crowds uh, know about him. He's already a public figure, and they love his teaching, and they love to see the miracles that he is doing. But while he is in the house here teaching, suddenly this man, this paralyzed man, is lowered uh, uh, through the roof and in, uh, on a straw kind of stretcher and lowered through the roof right in front of Jesus. And if you'd looked up uh, through, uh, th uh, at the gap in the roof, well, you'd see the faces of four men, the four friends uh, of this man who come, the gone the extra mile to bring this man, uh, their friend, to Jesus. He tried, they tried uh, very hard to bring him. They were determined to bring him in. First, they sought the normal route to go by the front door, but that was blocked off. The crowds were not only inside the house, there were even people outside the house trying to get in or trying to hear what Jesus is saying, what he was doing from the outside. They couldn't get in. So what should they do? Well, they came up with an innovative way. I don't know how they thought about it. But friends, they were so determined to bring uh, this paralyzed man uh, to the Lord that they decided 
to uh, take the side stairways up the, uh, up the side of the house, which is common uh, in Jewish homes at that time. And they managed to open, uh, remove the tiles, which wasn't, a, wasn't as difficult as it sounds. And they removed the tiles, and through those, that gap that formed, they lowered the, their friend before the Lord Jesus. What good friends they had, he had. These are the kind of friends that we need. These are the kind of friends that we should have. Those who have found Christ for themselves, those who have found salvation, those who have already found forgiveness, and they want you to know it. These are your best friends to have in life. Oh, I'm sure you, you, you have many friends. Maybe you have some friends, they'll take you shopping. You have, maybe you have some friends take you not to the best places. Some friends take others to the pub. Wouldn't quite encourage that. Some, some people, friends, maybe they'll take you to a football match. Well, that's all well and good. But here were friends who were determined to bring uh, uh, their own friend uh, to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. They're the best kind of friends that you can have in life. Those who care for your soul. Those who are praying for you. Those who want you to know forgiveness and know life and to know Christ's touch in your life. So what, does, what happens? What's the first thing that happens when this man is lowered? Well, like everyone would expect, isn't it? Everybody would expect that Jesus is going to heal this man. Everyone can see that he's paralyzed. It's so obvious, it's so plain for all to see. This man is lame, he can't walk. Surely Jesus is going to say something and he's going to arise and he's going to uh, walk again. But he doesn't say that. The very first thing that Jesus said was verse 20, when he saw their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee very first thing and that's our first point forgiveness is our primary uh, need so this was a very unusual response uh, from Christ and an unexpected one uh, from him every there everyone there gathered uh, in that house was expecting uh, this man to be healed and to be walked walking again that was so clear, that was so obvious, the, the need. And yet, Jesus says to him, your sins are forgiven you. Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Why? Why did the Lord say this first? Why didn't he heal him first? Well, I think, friends, it's because the Lord saw this man's heart. He saw and read this lame man's heart that he really wanted forgiveness above everything else, even above his own healing. I think that he desired forgiveness and he wanted the Lord uh, to forgive him above all things. Christ could see, this, uh, uh, see it in his heart. Here was a man who felt burdened in his conscience and troubled in his conscience. And who can live with a guilty conscience? We can live with our physical disabilities. We can learn to adapt, but to live with an unforgiven conscience and to be troubled by it, to know that God is angry with us, to know that we are on our way to eternal damnation and hell, 
and to be, uh, to be aware of these things, well, that troubles a person, that gives him great concern, more than even his physical disabilities. And I think this man was like that. And in his, in his and Christ could see that. Oh, yes, he was unhappy about his physical condition. No doubt about that. Of course, he wanted to walk again. Of course, he wanted to be able to find a job and to earn money by himself. That's, no, that's normal. That's so natural. Of course, he didn't want to be so dependent on his friends. Every time he had to go out or do an errand, he had to call his friends for help to take him out. He wanted to do it by himself. Of course, he longed uh, to, uh, to walk again, but he had a deeper longing, a, a more primary need that he felt. And he sort of, I can see him thinking, well, if I was given a choice between the two, of physical healing for me, myself, or the spiritual healing and forgiveness from God, I will definitely choose the latter. I will definitely choose peace with God. His conscience was so troubled by his unforgiven sin. He knew God was holy. He knew God must punish sin. And this troubled him so much more than his physical disability. Friends, this is our main need as human beings as fallen human beings. Whatever your need is today, well, it may be very serious, but our greatest need is to obtain forgiveness from God. I have offended God. I've been a rebel. I've disregarded His standards. I've been unholy. I've been unclean. I've been unthankful. I owe God my life. He is my creator, my maker, and I haven't paid Him anything. I've not returned any dues to, back to him. I've never, I've hardly been thankful to him, and I certainly haven't loved him as I ought to. Oh, friends, this is our primary need. I need to be forgiven. Oh, some people think, well, there are so many problems in the world. If only these problems could be fixed, then everything will be well. If we could get rid of poverty, if all the world could have food on their table, if only there was an end to racial injustice and the, the different social evils of our time, oh, we, we could get rid of war and live in a world of peace, then everything would be fine. Everything would be perfect. But it won't, friends, because that outstanding, unforgiven sin is still there between you and God. Or it may be on an individual level, we may think, well, our personal problems are our most pressing need. I don't want to decry and minimize what people are going through. Yes, we need money. Yes, we, it's, it's lovely to have a decent home, your own home. Uh, renting today so uh, very expensive. Uh, it's lovely to have your own place, to have friends. Yes, these things our human needs, social needs, to have our health. Everyone values their health. But we need these things and a, a little bit of happiness in life. But, but we think, if, I, if we don't have these things, we think, well, if I only if I could get them, then it'll be okay. Then I'll be happy. Then, then I'll be at peace. Well, friends, we need something more than these things. There is a much deeper need within our hearts and that is 
true forgiveness from God. You know, a wonderful thing happens when you obtain forgiveness. And you obtain forgiveness from God, but the other problems in life, they don't seem to be so important as, as, as they are. When you obtain forgiveness and peace with God, you tend to think, well, the, the, the biggest problem in my life has been solved, has been re resolved, and God is for me, and God is with me. So then, uh, what are the other things in life? Yes, they're distressing. Yes, they're, they're, they're painful at times. But uh, my deepest need has been met by Christ. This, this paralyzed man, well, he, was, uh, he wasn't primarily seeking a better quality of life. Oh, if only I could achieve something in life, if only I could walk again and achieve uh, things, then I would be satisfied. Then I'll be happy. You know, I know the World Cup is on now. And some of you may be uh, interested in watching that. But uh, about a couple of years ago, there was a very famous Italian footballer. And he'd reached the heights of football. And he went as high as really as you can go, the pinnacle of his profession. Uh, he, went, he, he won the World Cup uh, with Italy in 1982. He was named the player of the tournament. He won the golden boot for that, for that tournament, uh, being the top scorer. And he had all the, the adulation of the whole of Italy. And you know how, how crazy Italians are about football. And they loved him. And they treasured him. And they held him up so highly. But you know, when he was a few years older, he said, he spoke of that event, that particular event of winning the World Cup, as just a moment of happiness. A moment of happiness. And soon after, he said, the disappointment uh, set in. So one moment, uh, he was exalted on a high and then brought down to disappointment uh, not long after. Well, friends, it's not the same with uh, forgiveness. There is forgiveness with God. Forgiveness is uh, possible with God. God is uh, not a hard and implacable God. Yes, He is holy. Yes, He is righteous. He is perfectly just. Yes, our sins have offended Him. But He is also a merciful God and willing to pardon. If only we will come and humble ourselves before Him and acknowledge our offenses to Him, uh, He will forgive us. He Himself has made a way for us to be forgiven. God Himself has taken the initiative to send His Son to die on Calvary's cross, to bear the punishment of the sins, the punishment of all those who will believe in Him, all those who will simply trust in Him, all those who will simply just look to Christ. Look, the Lord says, and live. Look to Christ and be uh, forgiven. That is the way God has done these things. That's what the cross is all about. Have you seen it? You've seen what Christ has done. You know He's died on the cross. He died to take away the sins of all who will trust in Him. Do you believe it, friends? Do you believe it with all your heart? Then you will know a forgiveness in your life. Don't let it just be a historical fact. It is a historical fact. It did happen but see what he was doing 
and believe on him. Well, the reality of forgiveness, verses 21 to 23, the scribes and the Pharisees, when they heard that, well, they began to question who Jesus is uh, and who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus knew what they were thinking. He could read their thoughts. What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. Which is easier? The Lord was saying. Here are these two options. Here are these two statements. Here, which is easier to say? Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk. Well, they're both easy to say, but only one of them can be checked. Only one of them can be verified that it really has taken place. To say your sins are forgiven you, well, that cannot really be verified. It's something that is, uh, takes place inside a person, within you. It's has it really occurred? How do we know it's occurred? How do we know a person really has been pardoned by God and forgiven all their sins? But to say to a person, rise up and walk, well, we can see with our eyes. It's there, it's evident that a person gets up and he starts walking. It's, it's confirmed that it, it is true. And the Lord goes on to say, that, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy couch, and go into thine house, to prove to those who are there, and to us, that he has the authority to forgive sins, and the authority to do both. And he says to this man, Arise, and take up thy, take up thy bed. The healing is evident for all to see. And the people were all amazed. No one doubted it. It was so evident. It was so clear. It was a very tangible thing that had happened there. They could confirm, yes, the healing has taken place. Yes, by the word of Christ, this healing has taken place. And, and the Lord was saying, in the same way as I have authority to heal this person, so I have authority to forgive people's sins. I have, uh, uh, I have the authority to forgive this man's uh, sins. This man, just as I, at, at my word, this person arose and took up his bed. So when I said to that man, your man, thy sins are forgiven thee, it really happened uh, to him. Though it cannot be seen by the naked eye, yet a real transaction has taken place and just as much as the healing had been done. Oh, friends, we know forgiveness. Well, it's not really a physical, tangible product. It's not like you can go into Asda and Tesco's and you can buy something or pull something off the shelf and you can say, I, I bought this. Forgiveness is not so a physical thing like that. You may visit somebody in their home and you see, oh, they've got a, a lovely painting or a, a pot plant and you like those things and you say, oh, I'll, I like that and I'm, I'll go and I'll buy, uh, I'll buy a similar one like that. Oh, forgiveness is not like that, something physical. Nevertheless, it's still real. It's, still some, it's not something that is abstract, but it is something that is tangible, something that is felt in the soul of the person who believes 
something that uh, brings about a real change and something that you can only really know after you have believed. It is uh, real. Those who have experienced it, or they can testify uh, to these things. Just like this man, I'm sure, when he believed, when he heard those words from Christ, your sins are forgiven you. Well, he knew that the Lord had pardoned him, that God had forgiven all his sins, and he knew that he had peace with God. Well, he, a real change takes place in our lives. Uh, when, how can, is there any evidence? Here the, the evidence of, a, of the Lord's power to heal was in this, uh, this man walking again. Is there any evidence in the life of a person that they've been forgiven? Or we could say yes. Because you see real changes uh, taking place uh, in that person. A person who says, I've obtained forgiveness from God, I now have communion with God, comes to a place of contentment and of peace. Um, he, maybe before he came to the Lord, he was a very mean person. But now you see the change that forgiveness has brought in him. A new heart means he is now a generous person. Before he was a proud boaster, but now he no longer puts himself forward. There's a change in his demeanor. He's not quite the same. Why is he like that? It's because he's been forgiven. Oh, before he was perhaps a selfish, self-centered person. Now he's thinking about others. He's considerate. Oh, he's violent and angry. But now he's gentle and loving in his ways. Evidence of a real touch from God, of a real change of heart. He feels grateful to God. And God has changed him and made him a better person. These are real things, friends. This is what God can do for us. Alongside forgiveness, He gives us so many other uh, blessings. But then, just briefly and thirdly, how are we to obtain uh, this uh, forgiveness? Verse 24 again, the Lord said to him, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up that whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. The Lord said to the man, Arise and take up. And he responded. He responded to the Lord's word. He didn't wait. He didn't wait until he felt some power in his legs, and then got up. No, friends. He, he made, as it were, the first move. He responded to Christ's uh, command to arise. Though he still felt weak, and he attempted to move. But as he moved, he moved in faith. He moved in faith, believing that he would be able to get up. And as he did that, Christ gave him the power. Christ gave him the ability uh, to stand up and uh, to uh, carry his bed and to go on his way uh, rejoicing. And that's how we are to obtain forgiveness from the Lord. Here is the word. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believe on him. Look to Christ and you will be forgiven all your sin. This is the way to respond to it. We don't wait until we feel that we're changed. We don't wait first and say, well, God must change me first, and then I will believe. No, friends, 
we come trusting in what God has said. We come to him, yes, with all our sins, with all our guilt, with all our shame. We know what we are, and we come and we humble ourselves before him, and we confess our sins to him. We tell him our need. We tell him, we ask him for forgiveness. We believe that he can cleanse us. And as we do that, friends, as we believe, Christ moves. Christ moves by his mighty power and he changes us. He responds to our belief. He sees our faith just as he saw the faith of these men here and responded. So also he sees our faith in coming to him and trusting in him. Lord, I believe that you died for sinners. Lord, I believe you died on the cross to take the punishment of sin. Lord, I believe you died for me. Save me, forgive me, make me one of your children. Heal me, grant to me a new heart, grant to me life from above. And as you do that, friends, he responds. He hears that, that cry and he will bring you to himself. He will grant you uh, your desire. Well, this man, he arose, went to his own house and glorified God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things today. Well, friends, forgiveness. This, this is our simple message today. Forgiveness from God. Simple, but the deepest need in man. And it's here, it's at hand. It's not something far away. It's not something unobtainable. The only thing that will keep you from it is your own unbelief. The only thing that will keep you from it is your doubt about Christ and what He can do. Don't be like these Pharisees and scribes. They questioned what Jesus could do. They questioned His ability. They questioned His authority to do these things. Don't be like them. Don't be like them. You won't receive anything from God like that. It will keep you. God cannot bless unbelief. He only blesses faith. Come to Him like this man, trusting in Him. And you must ask. You must ask for forgiveness. This man, well, he, we, we didn't mention it, but he never asked for forgiveness, is it? The Lord just saw his heart. He was asking in his heart for forgiveness. It was a silent prayer because God never forgives people unless they ask for it, unless there's confession of sin, unless there's an acknowledgement, as we read in Psalm 32, I acknowledge my sin and thou forgavest. Confession first. Acknowledging that we deserve to be punished, but believing that there is forgiveness with God. Oh, oh friends, maybe you want to pray an unspoken prayer. That's okay. Or you can go home and pray uh, alone in your room uh, tonight. That's also okay. But make a prayer to the Lord and ask Him sincerely and heartily, Lord, forgive me all my sin. And if we ask, in faith, He will forgive us and He will bless us and He will bring us, uh, give us that reality of knowing or the joy of knowing uh, that we are forgiven and that our names are written in heaven. And when we leave this world, well, we shall go to heaven 
But before that, we don't have to wait only to that. He will give us experiences of Him even in this life. Answers to our prayers, guidance, help in this troubled and difficult world. He will be a true and real God to us. We will know Him in a very real way. You will know it's not a fiction. None of this you'll say is fiction. It's as true as true can be. Well, friends, let's pray uh, together. O oh Lord, how we bless Thee that Thou art the true and the living God, and that Thou hast made these things so real uh, to us. And we pray that, Lord, if any have here have not as yet experienced the reality of these things, O oh, grant that even tonight it may be so, the reality of forgiveness, the reality of peace with Thee, the reality of a clear conscience and of acceptance in Christ may it be our portion. We ask in our Saviour's name. Amen. Amen. We sing together our final hymn, number 248. There is a fountain filled with blood, 248. Thank you.